Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Your co-hosts, Jamie Albright and Sarah Rosette, couldn't be more different. In fact, they're a study in contrasts. However, despite all of their differences, they agree that sharing what they wish they'd known, both the good and the bad, is the key to moving forward. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Them podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week we have Cece Hunter. Oh, yes, we do. Very good. <laughs> Yeah, I love Cece. Uh, she's she's been kind of a, a hero of mine and someone I've looked up to before I even really, I mean, from the very first Romance Writers of America meeting I went to. So yeah, I was really happy to have her on the show. Yeah, she was a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, she talks a lot about like blending genres, which, you mm-hmm. know, she does that. And she's, one thing she writes is um, romantic suspense Romantic comedy, suspense. Yeah. I was like, is that a genre? Yeah, it is. And they're (laughs) hilarious. Yeah, they are. They're so funny. And and there's a real mystery in them, too. Yeah. So it's kind of, or not mystery, but you know, that's suspenseful. Somebody's, there's always probably a dead body uh, or something. That sounds like like right up my alley. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then she writes writes those as Christy Craig, but she also has her Shadowfall series. um, The YA. Yeah, the Y series, which she writes under uh, CC Hunter. So yeah, um, yeah. So it was yeah. a great interview. Yeah. So that's coming up. Yeah. Um, what have you been doing this week? Um, just kind of more of the same, really. Just getting this book. You know, I- I've written some on it, but I'm trying not to write too far ahead until I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I spent an hour on the phone yesterday with H. Claire Taylor. Uh, she does the story alignment. Mm-hmm. And I, um, she helped me kind of get some things really clear. Clear. She does this really unique thing uh, that I've really never heard of anybody else doing. She uses the Enneagram, and I don't know mm-hmm. if you know what that is. And she helps you see what, which number your characters are and how the things about the Enneagram would work for them and against them. And it just makes it so clear. I mean, it really does help. And uh so she, I, I did that with her yesterday, and she actually has a free course, and oh, it's cool. um, in the author alignment. So it's basically helps indie authors kind of decide what's important, what's not important, what mm-hmm. to say yes to, what to say no to, what to say maybe to, or put on the back burner until you're ready. Yeah, you know, emotionally, some of that's so hard to decide. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is, and it's a free course, and we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. really all I've got going on. Just, you know, and, uh, the end of my, to yesterday, what is today? Okay, today's Friday. So yesterday <laughs> was the end of my month for my release. Right. And it did amazingly well. Yeah. I just, the numbers were fantastic. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens because last month we, for the for the launch, I did not advertise any book but the new book. Mm-hmm. So this month, I'm going to be advertising the bride's books and this book. So I'm really interested to see what happens. Um, I think that read through, um, I should get a 
pretty big bump on read through with that. Uh, I'm hoping I do anyway. So I'll check back and let y'all know how that goes. But yeah, yeah. that sounds great. How about you? What's going on? Uh, well, this week I've kind of transitioned since I finished that the draft of the Christmas book. Mm -hmm. It's like now I can do more admin stuff. So I have this right. long list of things that I need to do that just, you know, starting to mark things off and that feels good to get mm -hmm. some stuff done. And um, I was going to share that I got my stats for the sales through Ingram for July. And I was just amazed because I sold over a thousand print books in July through Ingram. Wow. You know, That's like, amazing. With, yeah. With all this COVID stuff going on and bookstores, most of them are closed. They're able to mail things. And uh -huh. a lot of the Ingram sales go through bookstores or to libraries. Mm -hmm. And I'm selling like hardcover, large print case laminate books mm -hmm. at like $29. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't make that, you know, cause I have yeah. a wholesale discount, but it's gotta be libraries buying those. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So that's, amazing. so that's a little secret that yes. a lot of people say, you know, Ingram isn't worth it, that it's too complicated and stuff. So if you're selling print books on KDP, then you might look into Ingram and that's, I'll just let you guys know that might be worth your time, even though it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's a, upskilling your knowledge because you have to figure out how to do all the Ingram stuff, but it's not that hard and it can be done. Right, but it's an investment that pays off. I mean, it yeah, has the potential to really pay off. And if you're in KU, you can still do this with your print, print books. books. So yeah. it's not, you're not exclusive with your print books. It's only right. yeah. uh, your eBooks. That you're and all it is really like, if you have vellum, you can do the same interior. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I just pay my cover designer to do the cut, the, special cover for like an extra, I think it's $25. She'll do mm -hmm. the other cover for Ingram because they have some different requirements for color mm -hmm. and size. And so like once you've done that, yeah. then they're up there as long as you leave them up. So that's, you know, amazing. so that's, that's really just great. money that people are leaving on the table and I hear people talk about it and I'm like, well, okay. I haven't done it. So yeah, I need to uh, but see like, that. I think sure. it's very genre dependent though. Cause like Mr. Yeah. like, print books and I, do. I haven't heard romance readers buying right. as much in print. So, you know, do your research before you dive in and find yeah. out, you know, if yeah. it's worth your time. So yeah, I'm doing that. And um, I'm thinking of narrating my nonfiction audio book myself. Ah. Uh, so we'll see how that's going to go. I'm going to make yeah. the attempt yeah. I'm gonna record a short portion and send it off and see if it's, you know, Okay. Because I don't know how to do all the settings. And stuff. Yeah, I have I a friend know. who's done it and she sent me all the specifics and I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll just outsource that. Because <laughs> right. that's pretty complicated. I don't know if y'all can hear. They're digging up the street in front of my house. So, you know, if y'all hear the grinding, I'm not burying a body. It's just <laughs> the streets being dug up. So <laughs> she's not, I'm not outsourcing my research to Jamie. No, no <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So we should probably we should get, get on with started. the show, but just as a reminder, we have a Facebook group. Wish I'd known them for writers. Uh, there are two questions. You got to know who the co-hosts are and you got to know where we're from. And if you've listened even once, you know where we're from. So yeah. um, we hope that you would join us there and uh, yeah, let's get on to the interview. Sounds good. Today on the podcast, we have Cece Hunter with us. Hi, Cece. Hi, how are you? We are Great. doing good. We're so glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here. So let me read a bio and then we will jump right into the questions. 
Cece Hunter is the New York Times bestselling author of over 35 books, including Shadow Falls and Shadow Falls After Dark series. In addition to winning numerous awards and rave reviews for her novels, Cece is also a photojournalist, a motivational speaker, and a writing coach. Cece Hunter is a pen name. Her real name is Christy Craig, and she also writes humorous romantic suspense novels. So we're glad, glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. So, Christy, you write YA, paranormal, and romantic comedy kind of suspense. Is that right? Right. Uh, my YA is also, I also have written two contemporary. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I got my fingers in all kinds of pies. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into writing? Oh, Lord. Um well, uh, I'm, I'm dyslexic, and I know that's rare that, um, that I'm a writer, but um, growing up, I think if I hadn't been dyslexic, I would have been a reader, mm -hmm. uh, one of those that just, just lived in a book. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, being dyslexic, instead of reading, I would actually make up stories in my head. So I think I was, by the time I was about 11, I was actually writing stories in my head. Uh, they would last months. Um, and you know, these were full length books because it's, <laughs> and you know, and like a lot of new writers do. I mean, if I got bored with something happening, I'd jump off and go into another book. So, <laughs> um, but so I always started, um, just telling myself stories and it wasn't until I was 23 and, um, newly married and my husband's like, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I was like, oh, you know. I'm from Alabama and I've done it. I'm married well. <laughs> <laughs> All goals accomplished at that point, I right? Tell you, that's, um, and so he's like, no, you need a, a passion. You need to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. So I, I said something I put into words I had never said before. And that was, I've kind of always wanted to be a writer. Mm. And his reply was, then do it. And so it was sort of like a challenge, you know, one of those that your husband tosses out at you sometimes yes. and you're like, well, I'll show you. Yes. And so um, I did show him. It took 10 years, but <laughs> I eventually uh, I started writing and uh, sort of discovered uh, accidentally bought a book and found out there was a Romance Writers of America. And I joined it and uh, eventually just kept writing. And, and that was in 84. Four. Gosh, that makes me feel old. Uh, and um, I know a long time ago, a lifetime ago. Um, and anyway, so I started writing and, and it took me 10 years, but I did eventually sell uh, my first book and um, thought I'd made it. So, <laughs> yeah, like that's that's one I, of our questions is what was your first big success? So was that when... My, when you, Sold your book or? Well, honestly, I think my big success, uh, my first big success was finally in the Golden Heart. Mm. Um, and that was um, sort of, I sort of compare it to going fishing for the first time. If you've ever, uh, go, the first time I ever threw that hook in the water, I actually caught a fish. <laughs> and that was what the golden heart was. It was validation that mm -hmm. um, I'm doing something that is rewarding. And so it really kind of made me hang in there. That was in 88. So it wasn't till 94 until my book became published. But yeah. um, so I think it was the golden heart and then selling the book. But yes. it took um, 
like many writers, I think they have challenges. And uh, sometimes we assume once we sell a book that we've made it. And for me, it wasn't quite that easy. I sold my first book and then didn't sell another one for 13 years. Mm. So, but you kept writing. Oh, well, I started, I kept writing novels for, I think about two or three years. And then I started doing freelance short stories. I would do articles for magazines. Um, I picked up a camera and started using it. So I started doing photography for magazines and it became a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my true love and first love was writing novels. Mm -hmm. And so I, years later, uh, when my daughter graduated college and uh, U of H wasn't holding out their hand uh, for money. <laughs> uh, I told my husband, I said, that's it. I'm going back to uh, writing fiction. And he was like, well, can you do both for a while? <laughs> and so I, I did do both. Uh, for, And it still took me about, um, I think it was in um, probably 2000. So it still took me about five or six years. But during that time, I wrote and completed eight novels and six proposals. Wow. So um, I just, um, I had the bug being good and I wasn't, no one would <laughs> work. You weren't letting go of it. And we should let our readers, I mean, our listeners know that uh, the Golden Heart is a contest by Romance Writers of America. They have, at the end of the year, they had their big um, conference and they had the Reader, Reader Awards and the Golden Heart Awards, and Rita Awards were for published authors. Golden Heart was for non-published authors, correct, Christy? Correct. Yeah, and so it's a a huge, huge honor, and it is that validation that I can't even imagine. That would have been amazing to get that, so. Mm -hmm. Um, But, so tell us what you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you uh, started. Oh, goodness. There's so (laughs) many things. I mean, where do you start? It's crazy uh, because you feel as if it's, you're really going into this a little bit blind. Mm -hmm. And and yet there's so many people out there that will give you the advice. Um, I I took a lot of advice. It was through RWA, through that, the peers of uh, other writers who was writing when I first joined the critique group. Mm -hmm. Um, fabulous and we kind of grew together as writers Uh, Mm -hmm. we all was on this mission of of discovering how we do this and we would all go away and learn something so um, number one I would the things I've done right and there's some things I've um, of course done wrong but um, I think join a critique group is one that uh, right away and uh, find a good one um, and so I think things I wish I had known though more uh, was that you can't take all the advice. Um, a lot of things that I veered off and did differently um, and some of the things that I've learned was uh, someone told me once, you know, uh, don't be a jack of all trades, you know, stick mm-hmm. to one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet for me, if I had stuck to that advice, I wouldn't be writing today. I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm-hmm. I think writing in any genre of any type of writing can keep you motivated and keep your writing muscles strong. Mm-hmm. So for me, even if that book you're writing or even if that genre you're trying to work in 
isn't working, find anything that you can do to write that will help motivate you and keep you learning as a writer and growing. Uh, so that was number one. I think um, I think in the beginning it was the point of view. You know, so many people um, jump point of views, and point of view basically is who's telling your story. That was another one that was um, we kind of all learned in this critique group together. Uh, so it was learning how to do that. But as far as the craft, it really is. Um, it's about the story. It's about the characters. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes we, uh, we try to emulate other writers mm -hmm. instead of finding our own voice. So I would say one thing that I wish I had done sooner was trust my voice. The first book that was actually published was a sweet uh, silhouette romance. And I'm very proud of that book. There's nothing wrong with that book, but it is not a Christy Craig book. It is not a C.C. Hunter book. It is a book written uh, trying to write a book that would fit what the guidelines and what other people wanted. Mm -hmm. So I think finding your own voice. And if, you know, once I discovered writing uh, with the voice, the humor, the sassiness, the, the smart assness that I sometimes <laughs> write, um, I think my my voice came out and I grew as a writer much quicker. Right. And don't you find, I think this is true, and but it's totally only because of my own experience. But when you write humor, you really do have to know when to stick to your guns and then when to let something go. You know, if you get a critique that says, this is funny, but it doesn't necessarily move the story forward or, or whatever. But, but it, it it does because it's integral to to the story and to the character. And sometimes I've had to let things go, but there are other things I've stuck to my guns about. And those are the things that readers talk about later. And uh, but I think sometimes with comedy, it's it's harder because depending on who's giving the critique, they may not get your humor all the time. That's right. just humor me. is very subjective. Mm -hmm. uh, so therefore, when you write humor, uh, you're you're you should know going in that you're you're allowing yourself to be criticized by more people because everybody has an idea of what's funny and what isn't. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. I mean, one thing that people don't realize, I think, it's sort of like if you were writing a paranormal romance, mm -hmm. you can't write scene after scene without something paranormal happening. You right. know, you've got to have that paranormal in there. And mm -hmm. when you're writing a, a real romantic comedy, there's got to be comedy in there. Mm -hmm. If not, you're not being true to the story or, right. or yourself as a writer. Right. And so the humor is plays a good part in it. I don't think, you know, I, I don't think I try to write funny to be funny. I write a story about a character who looks at life in such a different way right. that that's what makes it funny. Right. You know? And my, my comedy is real, very situational. You know, they get in a weird situation and then they, you know, getting out of it can a lot of times be comedic. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think that it's, um, but that's part of your voice too. You know, that's just part of your voice. I know for, cause I've read your comedies there. I mean, you're, romantic comedy kind of suspense books. They are funny, but it's situational too, because they're, 
they get themselves in some situations. <laughs> right, right. So I have a quick question about comedy writing. So do you write your story and then layer in the humor later, or do you do it all at once? It's kind of a writing question as well. But does your humor come uh, first in the middle or later? <laughs> I'm really a sort of a one draft person. Um, I won't deny that I don't go back and reread what I've written and improve it. But generally, it's on a basis of uh, I'm not I write one draft, generally speaking. Uh, I may stop when I feel like I'm losing my way or, or whatever and go back and reread what I've and, and polish as I go. But my stories generally come out all at the same time. When I, mm -hmm. when I go back and I'm rereading and, and doing something of polishing, I'm, I'm working on uh, right now um, the first book in a humorous romantic suspense kind of a West with a Western theme. Um, trilogy and I'm working on the first book and so I wrote the first 260 something pages and um, had to stop to do edits on a different book so I was away from it for a couple of months actually so I went back in to and I reread the book and going through and I would find ways to say something that might be uh, truer to that character or and in that sense it might be funnier so I might add levels of humor, but generally speaking, by the time I'm finished with the book, um, it's all there except the polish. Being dyslexic, I'm, I'll forget words. My my hundred thousand word book always becomes like a hundred and ten thousand because I've ten thousand things, those ifs. So it's like they grow. That's hilarious. Um, so. so interesting because we've had different people on. Everybody has a different process mm -hmm. and we've talked a lot with people who like once you figure out what your process is and you stop trying to do it the right way or the way that you know you're supposed to it just goes much better so i think right. that's cool that you do one draft mostly and then you go back and polish and you're done that's great that is awesome it, it, there's that's something that i think people need to know too and that's something you were talking about things that you've learned about craft is that one thing every writer, I think, going in should know is that there is no one way. There is no right way. Mm -hmm. It is what fits you, what makes it, what works for you. And that's so important because if if I tried to write like other people and follow uh, how they do something, um, I, I probably would not be successful. It would either be too much stress or too hard. <laughs> Or not enough pressure or something so I think you've got to find the way that works for you is yeah really important very true well so switching gears a little bit what about uh, marketing what do you wish you had known about marketing oh goodness um, <laughs> marketing it's a big well, topic yes it is but I tell you what I because I was writing freelance meaning um, I would come up with an idea for a magazine be it a profile piece on someone or an article about uh, some kind of organization that was doing something good. Um, you constantly were looking at ways, does this story fit? Um, and so writing freelance, you have to be a person, you have to be good at marketing. You have to be able to read um, uh, a magazine, flip through a magazine and know this story fits their line, what they want. So you kind of have to be able to read that. So 
I think I was pretty good at marketing when I first started. Um, I was good at figuring out how to target something, whether something fit. And, and I wasn't perfect. I made a lot of mistakes going in. I, but at the same time, marketing. But yet, it's a different story when you, and I know we're going to talk about doing um, indie versus traditional, mm -hmm. but but it's a different story because I was marketing stories to publishers mm. and more than I was marketing stories to readers, if that makes sense. That yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. Um, and so there is a completely different viewpoint when you're doing uh, uh, one versus the other. Um, and you need to need to know that going in. There's a lot more. um it's a different, I don't even want to say it's more work, but it's, it's definitely, and nowadays, the way traditional is, uh, you still do a lot of your own marketing. When we, when I first started out, you sold to a publisher, they pretty much did everything for you. Um, they may ask you to do something, um, but when I, you know, it, it got more and more, they were saying, do blogs, do Facebook, do this. It was like, it was like all of a sudden the the benefits of being a traditional writer that were, you know, the publisher took care of everything. Mm. Suddenly the authors were being asked to do more and more um, different stuff for their own marketing. And yeah. um, so, I mean, now I do, I do both. I still do both. But I think um, marketing is important because you need to know how you fit into mm -hmm. other you know, into the reader world. Um, and there are, there are a lot of people that are still, even though it's in the genre specific, there mm -hmm. are people that want to read a certain genre. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there are others that know they want, you know, they, they'll open to anything. And I think the indie market allows you to, you to uh, blend genres more so um, because that was a big deal for especially for me that I was writing when I first started writing comedy I was writing romantic suspense in comedy and they didn't know where to put me mm -hmm. they asked me at one point what what shelf do you see yourself on are you on the romantic suspense shelf or are you on the contemporary shelf or are you on the romantic comedy shelf because you're you're such a blend and they I mean literally um a publisher asked me that where do you see yourself and I said I know what shelf I'm on and she said what is it and I said the shelf with the good books <laughs> right and so that was where you know I felt like that because you blended something didn't mean you didn't weaken anything you just made it stronger right uh, but I think the indie market has opened up other authors nowadays. There, no one has to. Um, there's no longer the box that has to be specifically fit into. Right. Yes. I think you still have to fit into a reader's idea of yes. what you are, and you need you need to know how to market it. Right. So um, I like yeah. I like how you said that that you know knowing where your book fits and and I have said this a lot of times that marketing is 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 as much about repelling the wrong people as it is about attracting the right people and because you don't want to just shotgun approach things you just you know like when you were I'm sure when you were um, querying you weren't querying uh, houses that didn't 
wouldn't take a book like you wrote. I mean, you were smart enough to know that. And uh, so I, I think that that's, that's just really important. It's really you good. You need to know what you're writing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. and, and, you, and know, you know, there, and a lot of people say, you know, there, there's a bad idea of writing into a box to, a, I hate to even use the word, but to a formula. Mm-hmm. And and I don't consider anything writing to a formula when you're writing a book, but but there are expectations mm-hmm. like a romance. Mm-hmm. There 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 is definitely an expectation of what a romance should be. It should you know don't don't kill the hero at the end <laughs> because you're going to have problems because um, people will not be happy. Exactly, you know you don't break them up and get a divorce at the end because yes, yes. a romance. Yes. Um, so there's expectations from everything, um, but at the same time, you need to know. And and it's not that you can't cross a line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just you have you stretch what the kind of book you want to write. And I think that's in a way, I think that's why it took me so long to sell. Is mm-hmm. because I was writing a book that uh, I enjoyed reading. I enjoyed romantic suspense, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't like these serious books that, um, you know, that was no one ever smiled in. You know, they, I didn't want to be depressed reading a book. I wanted mm-hmm. to be happy. They were too angsty for you. Right. So I had, I created my own way of, of going. And when um, I remember when I was first writing, uh, this was after I sold my first book and, and later when I started writing in 2006, it was difficult to uh, even even as humor started coming out. Um, I remember there was a several humorous lines um, that I was trying to go traditional uh, traditionally, and they were you know, and I would send them my books, and they would come back. and I remember one editor actually telling me, "Oh my God, I love your humor. I love your writing style, but but you've got a serious conflict in there." And I was like, "Yes." His wife died, and that's serious. I said yes, and they would say, "But, but I don't. We don't. Our books won't have death in them because they're romantic comedies." And I'm thinking, "But you know, the funniest I ever laughed was at a funeral." I know. You know? Yep. <laughs> I mean, we we have. You know, humor isn't just because things. It's not. Sometimes we write about, and I think it's more so now. But at the time, they really did not want to create real conflict, mm-hmm. real emotion. Yeah. And now they've opened up to, you know, even though it's funny, I mean, you can laugh and cry at the same time. Right. So, so for your, your, your books that blend like different genres, sort of, do you, did you indie publish those or did you find a traditional publisher that was interested in those? I found a, a it was a, uh, at the time Dorchester was a small press, smaller mm-hmm. press in New York. And they were open to, uh, trying different things. And so they decided to give me a shot at this. And, uh, you know, it did, the book started doing extremely well. Um, and so it kind of opened up and other people started doing, I mean, at the time when I first saw Janet Ivanovich had come out and it was like, yeah, but Janet Ivanovich is not sexy and it's not really all about mm-hmm. your more romance than you are about the mystery. And I'm like, yes, but just because they're happy and, but, but, you know, there's, you're actually, you have sex scenes in there. And I'm like, well, can it be both? 
can it, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, can happy people, um, you know, and so it was, um, it, it was breaking the sort of breaking a mold. And um, I think I was one some of the first that actually started writing the romantic suspense with humor. Mm. and having it uh, a little sexier than what you would call a cozy or something. Right, right. Very good. Well, have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Yes. Um, <laughs> a lot of them, actually. Um, I mean, you know, don't you love those stories about people who break their leg and meet the love of their life at the hospital or something? Yeah. Um, but um, I think, you know, um, it was funny because when I was writing uh, the Divorce and Desperate series, which is the humorous romantic mm-hmm. uh, suspense, the first ones that was published, um, we were submitting them out there. I had an agent. We were submitting them out there. And uh, someone said, you know, if they were paranormal, um, I'd buy these in a snap because that right then the new funny paranormals were out and so, you know, you need to re- go back and write a paranormal. And I never will forget, I spent, you know, a couple of months brainstorming this funny paranormal. And it was going to be about witches because I knew nothing about bloodsuckers or fairies or, or <laughs> you know, werewolves. I knew nothing about those things. I, I didn't, yeah, those, that wasn't in my world. And so I thought, witches I can do. So I wrote it and I had was the day I was going to send it in to my agent. She called me on the phone. She said, I just talked to the editor of Berkeley and she can't wait to get your work. But she said, make sure it's not about witches. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, okay, you, you, you know, no. She's like, well, can you change it? She wants it to be about fairies. And I'm thinking, I don't know freaking fairies you know (laughs) and so I was I was frustrated and I was angry so I sat down I thought they want a story about fairies I'll give them a story about fairies and I just started typing and it was just like my humor voice really because when I get mad I get funnier yeah and so you know it started just like coming out and I wrote this crazy story and I sent it to critique partners and they all said oh this is hilarious but you're never going to sell that to see you you this is just, you can't sell that I mean they're not going you know this is a little crazy I mean and I was like well you know just because the fairy turned him into a poodle in heat because you know <laughs> she was upset at him and that you know and she's like oh yes but it's it's so I wrote this book and my everybody read it and said the same thing. Oh my God. Well, then my agent read it and said, Oh my God, I love it, but it's it's out there. But she sent it out there and I wrote the proposal. So this is like five months now that I've spent on paranormal. That shop, it went to committee at every house, but no one would, you know, everybody wanted it, but the end result was. It's just, you know, it's too funny. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think you could be too funny. I don't either. You know, to think they would say no, but they did. So I was so upset when it was all over with and we got nothing but no's. Because to me, it was six or seven months that I spent on this journey trying to do something. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and it didn't go anywhere. So I felt like it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, I've sold now my humorous romantic suspense books. An editor at St. Martin's who had read the freaking fairy book, <laughs> and I actually did name it that, but it wasn't freaking. Um, <laughs> they, um, they at this editor picked up the phone because she remembered that story years later and actually called my agent and said, I want Christy to write a young adult book. Oh my gosh. And here I thought that was such a waste of time. That was my gateway into hitting the New York Times and being you know successful in like 12 different countries. That is, and that, that was your shadow fall. Was that the shadow falls book? So it was through something that at, until then I looked at as a waste of seven Uh months of my time. Uh And uh, I will eventually sell that fairy book. I promise you it will go out. (laughs) Um, And, but it's, you know, so I think a lot of times when you think you've done something that, um was a mistake it ends up coming back and that was where you you know no there is no waste of time when you're really writing Mm -hmm. and uh putting your heart and soul into something yeah and so yeah i got chills when you tell that story gosh i don't think i've heard that one that was amazing (laughs) yeah well, so what about the opposite? Have you ever had what you thought was like a super brilliant, amazing idea? And then it turned out later on to not be so great. <laughs> oh, don't we all have those? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know we all have them. We're just asking, do you have any you'd like to share? <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I can't remember something that um, I set out to do. I have written some things that, um, got a first chapter on something and thought, oh, why did I think this would work? And yes. it stopped. I mean, we all do that. When the very beginning, I had a lot of that. Um, so, you know, and then I've had a lot of people come to me with suggestions, you know, like, oh, I know. Why don't you do this? <laughs> and and you're just sitting there. Your eyes are just rolling back in your head because you're thinking, how can you even see that? You know, yeah. Yeah. but um I think we all get ideas that that seem to be really great for a few minutes. And then when we sit down, we realize, wait a minute, you know, but yeah, my brain. And I think so many writers brain is that we're so creative that mm-hmm. um, sometimes we think we've written ourselves in a corner, but we're just not looking the right way. Um, and I think because if you get your, head straight because a lot of times my I remember um one editor at Dorchester my editor there used to say to me oh but you can't do this because of this and I'm like Mm -hmm. you know and it gives me this long list of things well you know the cop I mean if he saw that truck and seen the bullet holes and first of all it wasn't from Texas because a lot of cars have bullet holes in Texas (laughs) 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 so but I mean, he was all simple. What are you going to do? You can't, ha- you know. And and he was onto this that the the cops couldn't see this van and da 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 da. And I said, oh well, that's good. He'll she'll just park it behind the eighteen wheeler that's parked beside it, you know. <laughs> and so that's what we do so often yeah. is that we 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 ride ourselves in corners. It's not really a corner, 
just don't have the police in the car, you know, right, right. in front of it or something. So I think that a lot of times when you think you've written yourself in a corner um, and there's something can't work out, you can find some some great way of doing something that will make it work. Right. Um, yeah. And the problem is we'll just get so emotional about it. And or I do. Let, <laughs> let me speak for myself alone. Um, I get so emotional about it. Then I'm like, oh, I can't be fixed. But if you just take a step back, of course it can be fixed. You're right. It, anything can be fixed. So, well, you keep your mouth shut when the editor on the phone <laughs> giving you ideas or something. You just, you know, the first thing you hear, you always say, yes, yes, yes. I'll think about that. I'll think about that. Yeah. Um, because you can't. Yeah. And you're not the only one that gets emotional, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love it when people come up and say, I have this great idea for a book. You should write it and then we'll split the money. That's my favorite thing that oh, people do. I always say yeah. you should write that. Yeah. You just go right ahead and write that. <laughs> and keep but I, I, I'm not really a writer. I will. You know, that's the problem. Writers all have. This is my favorite line when I tell people that. I say, you know, the problem is, is that I can't write your idea because I didn't, I didn't create yes, it. I, it wasn't exactly. born in my head. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, I have that is, story ideas myself. That is the truth. So um, tell us about, your, so you've had success with traditional publishing. Um, and is that, are you, most of your books primarily with trad publishers? No, uh, actually I've done, um, I want to say now it's about 50, 50 maybe. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, so um, I still do both. Uh, I enjoy doing both. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are, like most writers, there are pros and cons about doing both. Mm -hmm. um, but it's uh, it, it definitely, I think indie publishing has created so many options. Yeah, and I think uh, in today's world, I think it's going to get harder and harder to sell traditional. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that isn't to say that traditional will ever go out of favor. I just think it's going to get harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's going to change. Yeah, it, the whole thing has changed. So mm -hmm. um, it's about fifty-fifty, mm -hmm. and I enjoy doing both. I think when I first started out, now, and I tell this a lot of people come to me and say, "Okay, Christy." I am a new writer. I've just finished my first book. Should I try to go indie or should I try to sell this as a traditional published first? I get that question a lot. And I tell people this because I say, you know what? If indie publishing would have been available when I first started writing, I would have gone there so quick. The first time I got a rejection, I would have taken that little booger and I'd have put it up. Right. And today I would be so humiliated because it it was so bad. Yes. Yes. And I think that at times that today's indie publishing is to write the book is the easy part. Mm -hmm. Um and and making sure it's polished and perfect. I think that so many writers. Uh, when we first started out in you know, my age, when we first started out, we had to sort of walk through fire to get published. We had to right. write, I don't know how many books. We had to take, I don't know how many courses and years and, and train ourselves. 
And today you can write, people can sit down, write a book and put it up mm-hmm. without realizing the mis- beginning mistakes that they're making. So I recommend anybody, I tell them there is not one way that is better than the other. You can make millions doing it one way and you can make millions doing it the other. You can make nothing one way. You know, the, the trick is, I think, is to know that you've got a really good project. You've yeah. got something. And I don't think, and, and there are people who can that, that there are people who do not need an editor. Mm-hmm. Um, they that do not need somebody to proof their work. They're perfect. Uh, I'm sure those people exist. I don't want to meet them, especially in a dark alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm not one of them. Um, Me either. I, I need yeah. my work proofed. Mm-hmm. I need uh, another set of eyes to look at something to say to me, you know, you missed this. Um, um, you should, you know, have her, you know, she didn't react to that. Um, so, I mean, we need, I need another pair of eyes, a couple of pair of eyes on my work. Yeah. And uh, so I think, and, but I mean, there are people who can do it themselves without having that. But I think uh, a mistake a new writer can make is putting something up before they really know it is as good, as good as it needs to be. Correct. Yeah. Um, since you do both indie and traditional, what are your favorite parts of each one? What do you like best about traditional and what do you like best about indie? Oh, I think I like both. I, the thing I like about writing the most is that writing it, um, getting that story <laughs> down, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People who tell me, writers who say, oh, I love when I, the rewriting, I love going through, uh, no, I don't love that. No. no I to me, it's that getting that right piece of dialogue, laughing when you write something that first time, um, finishing a scene and knowing that was that was just perfect. I did not know it was going to turn out like that. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the telling of a story is what I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other stuff, the you know, the getting it out, submitting it. I mean, it's it was easier in the days where. I would write something and hand it over to somebody and then they would take it out and somebody else would polish it and make it pretty. And somebody else would get ideas about the covers without me brainstorming for months, you know, but at the same token, I enjoy some of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I will say I've been very fortunate for the cover fairies, uh, <laughs> but you know, you've gotten, we've all gotten, Covers at time. There's been a couple of times I got covers that I went, no, um, you can't put that on my book. Uh, but and they and thankfully they have always listened to me when I, I've had an input. So I mean, I oh, that's great covers that I didn't love, but um, but none that I hated. Um, yeah. They've changed the ones. So um, I think that I love. I love the creative process of writing more than anything, whether it's indie or the other. To me, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you have to go in it with that thought process if you're doing an indie or whatever, because I think it varies. Like, you know, it behooves you to write a shorter book for indie mm-hmm. uh, because they do want those books out, you know, faster. together and faster. So it, it kind of behooves you to write a shorter book. Um, but at the same time, I think 
I just want to write a good book. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to write a book that readers can't put down. Mm-hmm. I want to write a book that somebody says, oh, my God, when she did that, I laughed till I peed my pants. <laughs> you know, or uh, you had me laughing and then um, two pages later, you had me crying. And mm-hmm. um, I want to make readers feel something. So whether it's indie or traditional, it's that's what you, indie, that's the goal. Indie, yeah. I, I want to write that. I want to write a good book. Right. And that's my goal. Well, I want to uh, just tell our listeners that I've known Christy for, I don't know, Christy, probably seven years or something like that. I, because I, we're in this, we were in the same romance writers of America group. And anytime my writing gets hard or things get hard around my writing, I do always think of Christy because Christy, as she said, is dyslexic and she does a talk that's amazing and she has tons, and I'm not exaggerating, of rejection letters. And she kept writing and she kept doing things. And so Christy knows about writing when things are hard. And so I just really wanted you to take a minute, if you don't mind, and just kind of, because this is a hard time for our listeners, you know, and writers in general. Well, the world frankly and if you have any advice about when writing when things are hard and and you're distracted or your personal life is kind of not going the way you want it to go or something right well I mean life is like most everyone we've been thrown some curves mm-hmm. uh, right now is there's a lot of curves being thrown at us um, but personal curves um, I think that uh, I wouldn't do, I found a lot of the times writing was my saving grace mm-hmm. because my writing became my escape. Now, this isn't going to, I'm not going to tell you that it hasn't been harder. Um, these last few months uh, have been difficult with the coronavirus or whatever, but I've, I've actually written through, my husband had a transplant. He was very sick for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, then he got the transplant and was very sick for a long time after he got the transplant. Right. So, um, and, and I think at that time there was the writing became my escape. I was able to shut off the worry, the concern, the fret, the health issues and lose myself in a story and mm-hmm. write, um, now, I found, though, during um, my father passed away recently, actually, at the beginning of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And between that and I lost two writing friends. Yes. Uh, and when that happened, it became um, it became difficult. It became that writing suddenly was um, I'd sit down to do it and it would be like. Just I would sit there every day for hours and stare at that computer and um, maybe get a paragraph done. Mm. Um, but the thing that I recommend to everyone who is to remember that you're showing up and you're you're sitting there. And maybe I started I would start writing something and later on I might have to go back and revise it. I'm a firm believer that that writing is a career and it is my job. Um, I refuse to look at writing as this creative um, magic 
poof, a ball that just happens. <laughs> that if there's this muse sitting on my shoulder or because if there was a muse, I'd have a cage and I'd have him locked in it because I wouldn't <laughs> let him leave because if he left and I would lose it. Um, I've always said that um, people ask me, well, you know, writing writer's block. And, and I always tell people that, you know, my father was a plumber and every day he got up and he would um, get up and go to work. And as a child, I'd be up. I could hear them moving around the house. And I said, not once. And all my years, do I ever recall, recall hearing my father say, I cannot plumb today because I have plumber's block. <laughs> I mean, he got up and he went to work. Yep. And there was no such thing as plumber's block. And mm-hmm. and I'm sure my father, there are days that, that, you know, he hated his job. There was days that felt like, you know, crap. And I feel like, you know, he probably was dealing with a lot of crap, literally, because he's a plumber. And there are days I feel like I write crap. But I get up and I go to work. And that is something, even during the hardest times, I still came in here and sat in front of my computer. Even if I got a paragraph done that day, Mm. I still came in and I sat down because this is my career. It is not something that uh, I need a magic ball to get me going. Right. Uh, and, you know, I love it. I think there's days people can get burnout. Mm-hmm. You know, we get burnout. People suddenly decide I do not want to be a teacher anymore. I do mm-hmm. not want to be a brain surgeon anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got, if you are writing because you love it, and that's what I do. Um, that was what I just really in the last, I want to say, month have I really begun to feel that I'm getting my mojo back from Mm -hmm. after the coronavirus and everything. And part of the ways I've done it is reconnecting what I love about writing. Mm. Um, And, you know, find that time to read. Don't, if you're a writer, you're having difficulty, go find one of your favorite books and read it. That's Um, great advice. Yeah. And, and, you know, remember what it was like to, to read it and to think, wow, you know, uh, find the things you loved about writing. I mean, do the crazy, you know, 10 list things that could happen in this chapter. I mean, find things that work for you to get you back excited about the story. That's, that's great. Right. Yeah, that's such great good advice. advice. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So what's the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success in your author career? If you could narrow it down to one thing. One thing. you've given us a lot of good advice and we appreciate it all but (laughs) you have one thing one thing I think is to really find a way to get in your character's skin Mm. I think that a lot of writers have a tendency and I get I get asked a lot of questions like how can you write young adult characters you know and their issues and then you turn around and is it a completely different voice to write adults and and, you know, to me, uh, I think the best day I ever had, the best Facebook message I ever got was someone who posted on my Facebook that said, today is the best day ever. I just found out that my two favorite authors are the same person. 
Oh, because they didn't know that Cece Hunter and Christy Craig were the same. Same weapons. people, yeah. And they were lovers of both the, and they were trying to figure out which one do I love the best? I don't know. <laughs> and so um, the thing is, is that if you can get into your character's skin, it doesn't matter the voice. I mean, what I, I tell people, I said, I'm in a 16-year-old girl writing this story. They're not going to care if the electric bill gets paid. Right. You know, they're not going to care that they need to, you know, get, you know, um, enough money to put in savings or, or whatever. What they care about. So if you get into your character skin, if you really get to know this character, what's important to them, what matters to them, what are they most afraid of? What do they care about? What makes them laugh? What makes them cry? What's their biggest regret in life? If you can find out who this person is, then you can write a story from them and it doesn't matter about the voice because the character comes out. Mm. And so I think getting the one piece of advice that is making sure you know this character inside and out, that you know everything about them, that when you're in there writing their story, their story is you're going through this person you've created and not trying to um, worry about, is this too adult or this too, you know, is this too young adult or whatever? I mean, I write a story. I never stop and think, oh, a young adult wouldn't say this because in my head, I am that young adult. And they're, they're speaking through me. And so it works. Yeah. So I think getting into your character's skin is That's making right. sure you know them. That is great. Well, this has been awesome, Christy. Uh, just such a great interview and such nuggets of, you know, just golden nuggets of information in here. Uh, tell our listeners where they can find you online. And, um, yeah, do that. <laughs> I I am on Facebook. You can find me uh Christy Craig um on Facebook. I'm on CC Hunter. Um you can find me um uh, I mean uh my website is uh craigcom ccHunterbooks.com. Um you can um uh, you know, Google me, you'll find plenty more about me than you <laughs> know about me, believe it or not. Um, occasionally, I don't know about you guys, but I occasionally Google myself just to see. Just to see, uh, yeah. Just to see what all is out there. And amazingly, I, you know, you can find things about yourself you didn't know because there's other CC Hunters and Christy Craig's out there. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. uh, but yes, uh, go find me online. Uh, I'm there. I'm out there. Would love to hear from you. Um, the books I've got one coming out. Don't look back is the third book in the Texas Justice series, and it's coming out in December. Um, and I've got two uh, young adults that I've started that I probably am going to go indie on those. Um, I'm finishing off, uh, and we're shopping around right now. Uh, Secrets of Sweet Mesquite, which is the uh, Humorous romantic suspense with a cowboy theme. So. Mm. Mm -hmm. nice. Gotta love a cowboy. Oh, don't you love a cowboy? <laughs> <laughs>
We'll put all your links in our show notes and uh, our listeners can find you there. So thank you so much. We appreciate you being here. Good luck to everyone out there and stay safe away from this virus right now. Yes. All right. All right. Thank you. Find everything at wishidknownforwriters.com. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.